Oh, what's up, everybody? What's going on? Welcome back. Welcome back. Woo. It's kind of a throwaway today, right? Tuesday. <laughs> the only thing I could think of when I think of Tuesday is, um, I don't know if y'all ever saw that movie, Norbit. But when, like, the girls, like, um, you know, meet her for lunch or whatever. And she's all like, Tuesday. And then, like, all week he keeps talking about Tuesday, 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 Tuesday. <laughs> Even in his sleep, he's like, Tuesday is... Like it, it, it's absolutely <laughs> funny, but anyways, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a uh, another podcast episode. What's going on? Um, like I said, today's a throwaway day. There's not there's not really much going on in the world of tech other than what I put as the title for this podcast. And so, yes, I'm going to talk about me reverting back to the Pixel Four and as uh, my Android daily driver. Uh, because most of you guys who do follow me outside of YouTube on social platforms pretty much know I cracked the Pixel 5. And um, it, like I said, it's still usable. Um, uh, you know, if I wanted to really use the Pixel 5, I can manage using it without, you know, being aggravated or, or annoyed. But um, I just figured I'd go back to the Pixel 4 and just use it for some time. Uh, since, uh, what was it? I only used the Pixel 4 for maybe about like five months before I was given the, the Pixel 5 as a gift. And um, yeah, so, you know, shout out to the guys yesterday on the Twitter space. Um, <laughs> they were just like, you know, chalking up ideas to get the, the, the Pixel 5 replaced. Because I found out through the company You Break iFix, uh, they quoted me to repair the screen on the Pixel 5. Um, at $219.99 before taxes. So uh, roughly it'll come up to maybe about 260, which is like a third of the price of the Pixel 5. And um, yeah, I just don't see myself spending like 300 bucks to fix the screen right now, especially since the screen is not like, you know, um, unusable. Now, if it had spider cracked so badly that chunks of the screen was coming out, I would have no choice, um, but it's still slightly usable. The only reason that I want to shelf it for right now is because um, where the point that actually engaged the crack when it dropped, uh, it literally, like, it compromises the water resistance. And, yeah, I don't dunk my phone in water for fun, but, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I just... To prevent any further damage to the Pixel 5, it's just being it's being shelved right now. So, uh, just being straight out with everybody about that. So, yeah, I'm I'm currently using the Pixel 4, and you know what? It's a Pixel. It, it's it's not any different from the Pixel 5. I think one of the the biggest things I want to answer about this is um, going from 5G connectivity back down to LTE only. Uh, has that been a hindrance to me? using the pixel 4 instead of the pixel 5 and to be quite honest with everybody it has not been a hindrance at all whatsoever like it's nice to have 5g access uh to at&t or 5g access to google Fi slash t-mobile but it hasn't been a hindrance where like you know i'm re you know like i feel like there's some sort of separation anxiety from me and the pixel 5 um and that's just because if you really kind of think about it and like most people are doing these speed tests so the speed test speaks for themselves but um, unless, you know, you're, you're connected to millimeter wave Verizon, you're not really seeing much of a huge difference between, uh, LTE and 5G. 
Uh, millimeter wave is the 5G connection that will obviously yield over gigabits per second speeds on the up and down link. Well, the up, the down link. The up link can be anywhere from 80 megabits per second to, to a gig, depending on the area. So, um, yeah, when, when you're speed testing T-Mobile low-band 5G, mid-band 5G, it's pretty much very similar to what you would get on high-end LTE. Um so there, I'm not really missing anything in, in this city that I live in as um, the millimeter wave is not uh, not broad across the city I live in. Okay, It's like it's spotty in, in certain areas. And um, yeah, I'm just absolutely just not getting that type of connection speeds in 5G. So being back down to the Pixel 4 is not you know a, a huge hindrance. I think the only thing that I am actually realizing, you know, that I'm being spoiled by the Pixel 5 is battery life because the battery life on the Pixel on the, on the Pixel 4 uh, does not hold a candle to the Pixel 5. But um, because of the way that I use my smartphone, it's not depleting the battery as fast as I would say. I would say throughout like my entire like day, and I'm talking about like daytime. Uh, so not like a 24-hour period, but like in, in the day that I'm awake, I would probably have to throw the Pixel 4 on a charger about 4, 4 in the afternoon. And that's when I get up like at 6.20 a.m. and I start using the phone. Um, and that's just because I have another phone that I'm using, so I'm not always constantly on the Pixel 4. Like, you know, I can grab the iPhone and get on it and, and, and check social media and stuff like that for um, video chat with family or whatever. So... Uh, hey, good morning. <laughs> morning. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know, that, that, that extends the battery life on the Pixel 4 and, and, and has it, you know, uh, work out just fine for me. So uh, going back down to the Pixel 4 has not been a, a super hindrance whatsoever. And to be quite fair, the Pixel 4 has sentimental value to me, but that's a totally different thing. Um, so I'm kind of happy that I'm back down on the Pixel 4 and using it. It is kind of cool because both, you know, the iPhone XS and the Pixel 4 have uh, face recognition unlocked. Sad thing about it is, is that when I go to places, I got to wear a mask. Obviously, I got to input code to get into the phone because the face recognition doesn't work. Obviously, when your face is covered, that's what happens. So, um, yeah, it's not been a hindrance being separated from any type of 5G connection at all whatsoever. Has not. And currently right now, um, the Pixel 4 is running dual SIM. So I do have uh, AT&T and google fi running on here i use uh the at&t line just specifically for data and um my file lines uh basically is my my main mobile number but i do have a google voice number and uh eventually i will give that out to channel members so they can reach me directly if they ever wanted to like text or just have a phone conversation it'd be kind of cool what's up blaze 760 how's it going so um yeah, as as far as to say that, so I'm not saying that that 5G is not important because obviously the build out for the 5G network is absolutely important in the evolution of mobile communications and in the telecom realm. But it's not uh, it's not detrimental that I don't have access to it. Is basically what I'm saying. So I can make do without it. Um, so yeah, the Pixel 4 is going to be my daily driver for a while. Uh, eventually, I'll go back to the Pixel 5. Even though the screen is cracked on it, I'll go back to it, you know, just to play around with it. But, you know, there was an interesting conversation uh, yesterday on Twitter Spaces with, with the guys 
it was kind of cool to you know have this open dialogue and i think that's the reason why like i like twitter spaces and i like clubhouse is because um you know everyone could just cut loose and just talk and just chill and um you know we were talking about the google pixels about the time that i was uh that i i, I came in into the twitter space last uh, last night or yesterday evening um and we were talking about that they were um josh was talking about the pixel 6 and i uh, came in to chat with everybody and then we were talking about the pixel 6 a little bit more um just letting everybody, just letting everybody know that you know um my expectations for the pixel 6 hopefully it checks all the boxes i did a video saying that that the pixel 6 might check all the boxes some people were like what are the boxes boxes are battery software optimization performance camera hardware pricing those five boxes right then it's rumored that the pixel 6 is going to be starting out at 699 dollars which is pretty much what the pixel 5 started out price wise uh its base model but then there's supposed to be a pixel 6 xl uh as as a lot of people really think that the second model phone is not going to be the pixel fold i don't know when we're going to see that there hasn't been much talk of the pixel fold so who knows if that's even coming anymore. We do know that Apple is going to make a, a foldable iPhone and that we should see that uh, 2023, 2025. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, but yeah, so more than likely a 6 and a 6XL uh, is in the works for the Pixel lineup. And um, a lot of people feel like that they're going to go back to design language of the Pixel 4. I don't know if they're going to do glass back. If they do a metal back, that'd be totally fine by me. Metal back, Pixel 6, totally fine. I'm cool with it. You know what I mean? Aluminum body, thumbs up. I'm okay with it. Even if they went polycarbonate, totally cool with it. You know, I don't think that, you know, a phone can be considered premium because it's made with glass on the front and back. Like the glass sandwich thing is just, it's overrated and, and it's overplayed. Um, but, you know, what I think a lot of people are just more concerned about is just how well the uh, GS101 chip is going to function. Now, it's rumored that the GS101 is going to be as powerful as a Snapdragon 888 uh, and as uh, performing as a Snapdragon 88 or even the Exynos 2100, but that's yet to be seen. And, um, and, and hopefully I'm able to get my hands on a Pixel 6 at a good time where it's where I'm able to actually give people like a real in-depth um review of it not to say that not to discredit anybody else on youtube that's going to get it and do the review of it um but i'm not bound by team pixel so i don't have to worry about losing my spot on team pixel if it happens to be junk then i can actually tell people okay this is junk and not worth 6.99 um and i can say that and not have to worry about being kicked off team pixel <laughs> anywho yeah, so, um, yeah, this with the Pixel 4, going back to my Pixel 4 talk, uh, battery would probably be the only thing that, that I really kind of frown upon. But it's okay, though, because I got, you know, 18-watt fast charger here. I got wireless charger right there. I got wireless charger over there. And if I have to go places with uh, my bestest friend in the whole world, she has a, you know, charging cable in her car <laughs> so i'm i'm good i'm golden um uh, no those are mine you get kool-aid <laughs> my son those are mine you gotta go get kool-aid that's why i bought you kool-aid i can buy you like freaking four boxes of those kool-aid pouches 
he's trying to hide he's trying to hijack my gatorade that's like the only outside beverage of water that i like to drink well that and green tea um but anyways uh what was i what was i talking about man <laughs> i just kind of lost my lost my spot i was talking about the pixel 4 talked about the battery life on it oh yeah and charging cables everywhere but i mean yeah so i could always i could always keep the pixel 4 charged up so it's not not a real big deal or whatever um Anywho, <laughs> let's just kind of shift tracks here, right? So, uh, you know, after waking up, you know, I'll go and read the news. Uh, that's my that's my usual thing that I do. And uh, it looks like with Android 12, they're going to implement some sort of new gesture base to launch Google Assistant. It's kind of funny because there's about so many ways you can do it already, like especially with the Pixel 4 and, and older. So you have to squeeze, you know, you can squeeze the side rails to engage Google Assistant. Um, you can use any of the hot words, you know, like the okay or the hey, to get it to launch. Um, right down here, that if you gestured on the, on your pixel, you have the little thing right there. You can swipe. Well, can't do it now because like, yeah, it's not unlocked. All right, so you can swipe from the corners to uh, engage assistant. But now they're gonna implement two other ways to so they're not replacing these they're adding two more ways to initiate and engage the uh assistant uh one of them is going to be in the use of the power button so i don't know if you're going to like click the power button like two or three times to initiate the assistant but on certain pixel devices tapping the back is also going to initiate and engage assistant and it's like how many ways <laughs> How many ways do they do people need to engage the assistant? <laughs> I started thinking to myself, why would they do something so quirky like that? You know, because the only thing that comes to mind for me of why they would do something like this is because um, maybe not enough people are using this feature. And so they're trying to get more people to use it. I mean, I use the assistant from time to time, but sometimes if I'm like, like for instance, yesterday, Google search Subway because I wanted Subway for dinner, you know, eat fresh. Um, rather than just launching the assistant and telling it what I'm looking for, I ended up just using the bottom Google search bar, just typing out my question there. I mean, I could have used a microphone uh, and just said it. What up, Jose? What's going on? I could have used a microphone and said that, but I didn't. Um, I just typed it in in the search. And, and I'm weird like that sometimes. Sometimes I'll, 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 I'll do long math. You know what I mean? Um, so to see that Google is going to implement this in Android 12 and say, okay, um, so you have the two keywords, you will still have the ability to swipe from the corner, you know, to the center of the screen and engage assistant. Uh, if your device has the, uh, the, the squeeze technology, you'll be able to squeeze to launch assistant. And then the power button is a new thing that they're going to implement that in. And then also tapping the back of the pixel. It's supposed to be a new thing that's going to launch for you to engage with assistant. It's absolutely crazy that we're going that route, but um, I feel like that if they're going to implement this and this works better, I think that they should get rid of the other gestures that would in, you know launch for you to engage with the assistant. I think that that should just be 
taken out. I mean, just having so many different ways of doing it just doesn't make sense at all whatsoever. It absolutely makes no sense at all. So why even do it? That's my thing. Why even do it? And if you're going to do it and you're going to try to make it better, then get rid of it. Because pe the thing that people are going to get irritated with is like, one, I mean, they're going to feel like that, that the assistant is shoved down their throats. And don't nobody want anything shoved down their throats. Trust me. Hashtag Roman Reigns. Nobody wants things shoved down their throat. And, um, you know, also accidental, um, accidental engagement, right? Like you could be just like listening to your music. Like I'm listening to this beat right now. Just kind of just jamming along with it, you know, and I could just get into the, that moment where I'm just like tapping the back of my phone to go with the beat. And that could accidentally launch a system. <laughs> now I know you can go into settings and probably disable that. I get it. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not well, I'm not well against that, but should you have to? What? Hold on. <laughs> you don't get to have the blue wrench anymore? I will give you the blue wrench right now. But there was a lot of things that happened when I changed the, the membership tier, so that could possibly be why. I don't know. Hang on. I got to go in there and manually give it to you. But I don't want to replay a sound. All right, you should have the blue wrench now. Who is the better carrier in Arizona? That's a very, that's a very, very good question. Very good question, Jose. And currently, right now, AT and T is the better carrier in Arizona right now. It works in more places here in Arizona, but that's where it's like dependability and reliability. If you're talking about speed wise, uh, T-Mobile peaks in high in high speeds, but T-Mobile is not not everywhere. Not everywhere. So uh, whereas AT&T has more coverage in Arizona, but T-Mobile has faster data speeds, or data rates. Now, is there more places that I've gone to? Like more recently, uh, um, I went with my friend. We went, uh, we, we, we drove down south uh, to help her friend out. And um, I ended up passing in uh, Tombstone, Arizona. So if you guys follow me on Instagram, you guys may have noticed that I posted uh, pictures of the famous gunfight at the OK Corral, where um, Wyatt Earp, his brother, Doc Holliday, and I believe it was Bat Masterson, um, squared off with, you know, an outlaw gang comprised of two different gangs. And they, they had a shootout at the OK Corral and we drove past it and um, I'm, and I was able, my friend was able to stop so I could take pictures of the site. Cause I'm, I'm heavy into, into old Western stories. You know what I mean? Like I love reading books and, and, and reading things on like, you know, Billy the Kid, Wyatt Earp, you know, um, all, all, all these famous gunfighters from like back in the day. Um, it's just good stories. And so actually seeing a historical place was actually pretty cool. But when driving to go see, uh, to go help a friend out, uh, AT&T kept me connected and, you know, throughout the entire journey. There were areas where like, you know, the Google Fi SIM would drop the visible. She had visible. 
and uh, her visible sim would drop connection. But AT&T stayed constant. Like, it was, you know, 5GE in, like, Phoenix, coming out of Phoenix, along the interstate, it dropped down to just, you know, just LTE. Um, when we got to Tucson, I reconnected back to, um, to 5G+. Plus. Or just 5G, not 5G, but 5G. And when I got to Tucson, and outside of Tucson, it dropped back down to 5GE, and then on the on the back highways, it dropped down to LTE. So, but like AT&T fluctuated between you know different band connections, but it stayed connected. It was the main point. So, if there was music that I was listening to, I would still be able to listen to that music because you know streaming music is not as extensive as it is streaming video. So, um, I always remain connected. I try to download majority of my playlist so i don't have to worry about drop signal being able to listen to music okay come here buddy let me open that for you there's no more there's no more blue ones yeah because we get the guy doing because we take off yeah you guys drink up all the kool-aid but that's okay the kool-aid is your guys's beverage it's like a christmas gift there you go. What's my door, buddy? Love you. <laughs> and we got Gene here with the super chat. Great video. I appreciate it, Gene. Um, appreciate that very much. So, anyways, uh, yeah. So AT&T kept me very covered. Uh, certain areas. Now, you know, before anyone that watches the replay asks the question, if Google Fi dropped in certain areas or whatever, why do you still use it? Again, I have to emphasize this. It's the only way that I can actually talk to my mom for free. My mom lives in Thailand, okay? You know, um, my sister and I are really trying to find a way to get her back out of Thailand, back to the United States, so she can be close to us. You know, the last thing we want my mom to do is pass away alone. Uh, that's for a different topic. But anyways, um, yeah, so, but Fi allows me to call my mother in Thailand. Hold on. Add his niece. I am so sorry. But um, it allows me to call my mom without having to add on like international calling or paying a permanent rate. I can just call my mom and talk to her as if she's here in the US and it's a domestic phone call. Like I can just call her just like that. So that's the reason why I went back to FI. It's the reason why that I, I left away from Metro. Metro, Metro by T Mobile was fine. It was actually pretty good. Um, but I needed that, that international calling. And I know that Metro want, wants you to pay an additional add on to what you already have for that. So I'm like, hey, cool, you know, whatever. Um, plus two, Metro did that whole thing of uh, Amazon and, and Google One, and they had failed to um, allow me to connect uh, Amazon Prime to my Metro account. Um, never sent me the text message link to get that set up. They sent me the text message link to get uh, Google One set up, but not uh, Amazon Prime. And and even though I asked for it and they said they would send it, nothing ever came through. So it's just like, okay, I'm not going to argue with a company over, you know, a promotional thing that's supposed to be given to me in the plan that I chose. And then uh, when, when a second line was added to it, then they try to tell me that um, because of it's a family plan and it changed, we get Google One, but no Amazon Prime. I was like, okay, whatever. You know, so I'm not going to argue that point. Uh, but that's just a very small thing about Metro. It's not bad, you know, service-wise, it's not bad. But yeah, I had to go back to Fi just for the international calling. It's the reason why I went back to them. Um, 
and currently going to stick it out with them. Even though now that, you know, Phi has three plans, the Flex, Sim uh, Simply Unlimited, and then Unlimited Plus, uh, I stick with the, with the Unlimited Plus. I don't really see a reason to drop down to Simply Unlimited because then I would lose the ability to call my mom and that, that would be pointless. Um, of course, yes, it is kind of pricey. And I'm hoping that, you know, Google Fi restructures their their uh, plans and maybe we'll reduce pricing. Who knows? But I love the fact that I have data only SIM. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so, you know, the three lines that I have, Google Fi, AT&T, which is most mobile, and um, uh, Total Wireless. Like, I have the three major carriers to be able to keep um, keep connected wherever I go. But, um, you know, if the Total Wireless line was, was to go away, that's totally fine. I have data-only SIM with Google Fi that I would run on the iPhone, because with the iPhone, I don't really need another number. I use Google Voice on here. And I have Google Voice also on my Pixel 4. So basically using that number as a give out number and my actual phone numbers stay my phone numbers that only, you know, close friends and family will have. And that's pretty much it. As far as like, you know, for my kiddos, they're on data only SIM cards, but they use Telegram to call and, and message me, which Telegram has been working out great. I like Telegram. Telegram really reminds me of, of Hangouts. It does. 22 gigabyte threshold is a downside. Yeah, which is the reason why I have the AT&T SIM in here. So I'm not even really touching any of Fi's data. I, uh, the only time I use Fi's data is if AT&T has no data connection, then I'll switch on the dual SIM to um, to uh, Fi and then switch back to AT&T. But like AT&T is the default mobile data, SMS and phone calls is uh, through Fi. And, uh, and it's like weird and everything like that because in order to have RCS messaging on the dual SIM phone, it's not working at this time. So all my messages, if I was to send messages out from the Android messages app, is gonna go out as SMS. It's not gonna go out as uh, as RCS. But like, you know, messaging my friend, uh, she's at work right now, shouts out to her. Uh, we, we message through Telegram. So Telegram pretty much like fills that void of like not having RCS or just having like a chat messaging service app. Uh, we use Telegram, which I'm pretty sure she gets sick and tired of me because like, you know, I'll be like, let's go to Hangouts, let's chat on Hangouts and she downloads Hangouts. And then and it's like, let's go to Google Chat. We'll, we'll, we'll chat on Google Chat. And then, then, oh, let's go to Telegram. You know, so like I'm sticking with Telegram because I don't want her to get irritated where I'm like, hey, there's another messaging service. Let's try it out like now. I'll spare her from having to sap up her storage by downloading another app service. So, but Telegram works pretty good, especially, you know, uh, it, it's the all-in-one, honestly, that, you know, Hangouts was, just people complained about the color and other subtle things, but it was, uh, it, it, it is what Hangouts was going to actually be. You know, you can video chat on Telegram, you can message on Telegram, you can do a basic phone call on Telegram. You could choose to share your mobile number with people that you chat with, or you can keep that hidden if you want to and just make them solely rely on Telegram to message you. So it's, it's, it's working out. And I think what's pretty cool about Telegram that uh, is sending large files. So like I sent a video that I made for my friend for Mother's Day. I was able to send it through Telegram. It took a little bit of time because, you know, it was a 300 and, 303 megabyte, you know, megabyte file. And, um, well, I was, I was connected to Wi-Fi at home, 
And so Cox Home Internet, right? 150 megabits per second is the downlink, but 10 megabits per second is the uplink. So it's gonna take a little bit of time for it to, to go up, you know? Cox is trash here here in, in this area. Where I used to live at, it was actually pretty good, but uh, those apartments, they were set up for fiber connection. So, you know, I could have always updated what I had at one point updated my uh, Cox Home Internet to, uh, to Gigablast, but I wasn't getting the gigabit speeds no matter what, and their technical support couldn't even figure out why. And um, they wanted to send a technician out to figure out why I wasn't getting the, the the gigabit, you know, downlink and uplink, but they also wanted to charge me a hundred dollars to send that dude out there. And I'm like, look, I was getting um, at the time I was getting five hundred down, one hundred and fifty up. So I was just like, look, that's good enough for me. Just leave it at that. Change my plan down to that. Reduce my bill by that. Leave it at that, and it stayed that for the longest time. Uh, never went anywhere else. So that was actually cool. Um, but yeah. Um, here in in this apartment the connections out here obviously they don't have fiber laid out for these apartment buildings so we're reliant on on old uh old cable lines that they've had previously installed here for like a millennia or something <laughs> it's absolutely bad uh the internet here and so you know even at times uh your friend <laughs> yeah my friend uh even at times I'll disconnect uh, the phone from Wi-Fi and just run it off AT&T. But I don't know. I guess this is just weird. But the places that I that I've lived here in Phoenix, some of these places seem like that maybe a UFO landed here and there's like leftover alien, you know, um, radiation that's causing interference. Because like on the south side of Phoenix, uh, we had Cox Internet and it was pretty bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it took a while to upload YouTube videos. And then uh, uh, when we moved to the east side, and that's where it became okay because the apartment complex had fiber connection already. But I wasn't able to utilize fiber to its full capacity. And then um, moving to like central north, great speeds with AT&T and Visible because there was a tower nearby that obviously had a very good, um, very good output signal. Um, so like AT&T was like, you know, 180 to 200 down and 80 up and visible was 150 down and 60 up. And even, uh, T-Mobile was, you know, 250 down and 80 up. So it was a really good spot just to rely on, on a mobile connection and rather than using Wi-Fi. But then like, then moving here, which is slightly to the West and it's just like, ah, uh, 150 by 10. That's just, mm. and then. Using AT&T, I probably can get, uh, actually, you know what? I don't have to tell you guys. Let's just run a speed test. Get off my screen. Let me disconnect from the Wi-Fi here real quick. All right. And so, so you guys can see it's connected to 5GE, which is AT&T. Now let's just run a speed test. And this is what I get inside. Yeah. I did okay, about 20. It's going to teeter between, you know, 17 and 20. That's just the downlink itself. Oh, getting getting uh, signal interference in the microphone. I don't know if you guys heard that. <laughs> but that was from... That's the uplink, about four. 
And if I get closer to the window, the uplink gets better. I'll get to like 10, but all the way where I'm at right here. Yeah, so 20 by 55. Now, let me go real quick and switch it from AT&T to, uh, to uh, T-Mobile. So we'll turn mobile data on for Phi. And now, Okay, so now we're on Google Fi LTE. This is what T-Mobile speeds are here. About 30, it's gonna teeter between 30 and 25. And that is the uplink. So let's imagine when I had Metro by T-Mobile, it was actually doing pretty well. You see how fast like dropped that uh that uplink was it went all the way up to like 30 and i was dropping down to five so roughly about what at&t is roughly all right let me switch it back to uh no dude seriously what the heck switch it back to at&t yeah, switch and use AT&T mobile data. Uh, anyways, and if you guys want to know what Verizon's like, I mean, yeah, I know, I, I, I know, I'm gonna get told, but when uh, when the total wireless line was uh, first put on, again, when it was React, it was <laughs> the sim was in the iPhone, so. Yeah, I lost that unlimited thing. Hold on. Let me airplane mode this because it's saying 3G. Like, check it out. It's literally saying 3G. So, ah, that sucks. But let me airplane mode this real quick. And uh, we'll go from there. See if it gets any connection back to LTE. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want Wi Fi. Uh, iPhone 10s. There we go. All right, we got LTE connection. Let's run a speed test. And this is actually uh, total wireless, so it's not Verizon postpaid. This is probably like QCI 9 or QCI 8. 13 and five right so as far as like speed wise just being gauged by the speeds it would be um t-mobile that has fast speeds here but um reliability for like streaming at&t has that and then uh verizon yeah 13 by five so it's still still usable but Pearl wireless does have a um a 25 gig cap so I try not to use a lot of it I mean I really don't use the data unless unless I'm outside of the, the apartment yeah <laughs> yeah it's not Verizon postpaid I don't I don't go on, on postpaid just I haven't done it in a while I think the last time that I had actual postpaid service was Sprint 
That was back in, I want to say 2010. Yeah, because the last phones that I had with Sprint before the Sprint account shut out was um, the, uh, the Instinct and the Instinct HD. I had the Instinct HD uh, and she had the, uh, the Instinct, right? Which was supposed to compete against the iPhone, but had like Samsung's proprietary operating system on it. So it wasn't even Android. Um, I didn't get my first Android until the end of 2010, 2011, which was uh, the Samsung Intercept, which was the follow-up to the Samsung Moment, because my sister had a Samsung Moment, and I thought that phone was cool as hell when she was on Sprint. So then I heard, like, oh, yeah, the Samsung Intercept is supposed to be, like, the next uh, evolution of the Samsung Moment, and it was being sold by Virgin Mobile for 250 bucks. So I ended up getting that. And... Uh, and she got the uh, the LG Optimus Slide, which I thought was a badass phone. And uh, then we upgraded on Virgin Mobile to the... She got the Samsung uh, Galaxy S2 Epic 4G Touch. And I was trying to get the, the HTC Evo uh, 3D. And like Radio Shack just didn't get them in stock. So I just bit the bullet and got the uh, Galaxy S2. Galaxy S2 was my first Android phone. Nice. And that's where, like, my YouTube channel really then took off because then the Galaxy S2 had so much custom ROMs that I was just doing custom ROM videos. Like, seriously, you go you go to my, you go back to my YouTube uh, page, my YouTube channel page, and where you click videos and where it shows you a list of my videos, if you go and you hit, like, the three lines and you switch it from, like, newest to oldest... You're going to see a bunch of, you know, Galaxy S2 custom ROMs. I had that Samsung device with a slide-out keyboard. Which one? The Samsung Moment or the Intercept? Because I know people were royally pissed off at the Intercept. It seemed very underpowered compared to the Samsung Moment. But that was back then when Sprint was okay. I mean, here in Phoenix, Sprint has always been really good. It really has. As um, I mean, I had Boost Mobile and Virgin Mobile for years, and both of those were Sprint MVNOs, and so they they were under the Sprint umbrella. And I always had good internet connection on 3G. And when they introduced uh, 4G LTE, well, whereas on the Galaxy Epic, uh, the Galaxy S2 Epic 4G Touch, that one had Sprint's old 4G WiMAX, but even WiMAX was decent. It just heat the phone up really, really, really fast. Like, I remember I went on vacation to go see my sister in Hawaii. I had the, uh, I went to see my mom and my sister. And I would call home to check on the lady and and, uh, and my kiddos. And we would video call. And uh, in Hawaii, they had WiMAX connectivity. And the phone would heat up really fast as soon as I was connected to WiMAX. That was probably like the only downside to YMAX. I'm kind of glad that Sprint did switch over and decided to go towards LTE, even though they were late to the game on LTE, and so they were always behind because they were playing catch up and build. Um, oh yeah, the oh the first one, the um, the the the, the first the, the first Galaxy released on Sprint, or Sprint's Galaxy device. Yeah, um, Chris uh, Chris Chavez had that one. When he had that phone, I was like super jealous. I don't know if you guys know who Chris Chavez is. But um, he used to really talk a lot about Android, custom ROMing and stuff like that. Like he did a lot of custom ROM videos on the, the HTC G1 and then the HTC Evo uh, 4G. And um, then, uh, yeah, 
the uh yeah the that device it was like yeah from fandroid yeah eventually he joined fandroid and whatnot and uh, you know yeah but i remember he was part of android and me and he did like he had really cool videos like i said he was one of the youtubers that inspired me to get on youtube and and talk about phones and talk about stuff like that like i'll always be grateful that i found his channel because uh yeah he inspired me to do this but um, he had that phone, and I remember when he was like showing people how to how to install um, 2.2 Froyo on it before the actual release uh, came OTA, and uh, <laughs> he didn't like the keyboard, but um, it was kind of funny. His video is just like, wouldn't it be cool if if you know after installing Froyo, like the phone started to just like shake, and then the keyboard just flew away, and yeah, he was cool. He was cool. It is cool because you know I follow him on Instagram and, and he's a real he's a real chill down to earth guy. I mean like I would respond to like some of his Instagram stories and he'll he'll respond back, you know. Um I even told him a few times, like, hey dude, are you ever gonna go back to YouTube and just make videos about tech? I mean, I know right now he's currently working with Swappa. He's a he's a rep for Swappa and he makes little small quick videos on Swappa's YouTube channel talking about buying a phone from Swappa and insurance and stuff like that. Just like you know, real quick, like one one minute, fifteen second videos and stuff like that. But I, I asked him if he was ever gonna come back to YouTube and do what he used to do, you know, just sit on the couch and talk about what's going on in the world of mobile technology. Like, you know, because I mean, it was fun when he was part of Fandroid, and we got to listen to him on Fandroid's podcast, where it was him, Joe Fidoa, and I forgot who the other person was. Uh, I think it used to be Edgar Cervantes. But then it switched up and they brought in somebody else. It was just one chick. I forget her name. Um, but they had like a weekly podcast episode and they would talk about tons of things. You know, it was really cool. I really miss those days of them doing that, you know, trying to, you know, emulate that with this. But of course, I'm like a single person on here. I don't have a panel of other people to kind of vibe off of and bounce off of. You know, there's a reason why, like I was saying, like the time that we did do it, you know, where we used to have Carlos on here. We used to have Josh on here. We used to have a lot of people on here. Um, you know, and then things fell apart because of some of some BS, and and uh, now it's just like it seems like everyone's separated, doing their own thing. Hey, how's it going? On? How's it going, Bobby? How's it going today? You're back at work today. Awesome. Um, say hi to your students for me, man. Uh, Chris Travis and Aaron Baker were great. Obviously, yeah, they were. Aaron Baker, man. Aaron Baker is unique person. In my opinion, Aaron Baker, like I followed him too with Phone Dog. Like my favorite people from Phone Dog. Sorry, sorry to Bo HD, but you're not one of my favorite people on Phone Dog. It was actually um, Noah Kravitz, Aaron Baker, and Sydney. Those three, I loved watching their videos on Phone Dog. Uh, it, it was so amazing to just watch their stuff back then. But Aaron Baker, the reason why I say he's a unique case was we got to see his his transformation from he used to be a heavy set guy i mean if you go back to phone dog and go back to the way 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 old videos from like 2012 2011 you know he was he was a heavy set dude and he just dramatically dropped and lost a lot of weight and has maintained keeping that weight off because you go to aaron baker's twitter right now and you see him and um yeah you'll be like you would you would not even think this dude was every heavy him and um and Jerome Ortega. Work is slow. Well, hopefully I'm entertaining you <laughs> for now. Uh hopefully. And um yeah, so 
yeah, Aaron Baker, probably top, top right there. No Kravitz. I, I really dig his videos. And, you know, it was like, like I know what the fallout was between Noah Kravitz and Phone Dog. And it, it actually was a sad story. I don't know if anyone really knows the story, but I watched his uh, his YouTube video where he talked about it afterwards. And, you know, there was a lot of you know litigation involved. Um, and I think that's why he kind of like moved away from talking about mobile phones on, you know, on YouTube and strictly stuck with his music. Uh, I believe he's a drummer. Uh, but Noah Kravitz, you know, was really good at, at what he did with Phone Dog, and um, I think at one point he was hired to work at Techno Buffalo for a little while, and then he left the scene. But he had altercations with Phone Dog uh, because his Twitter account, and they kind of, you know, like Phone Dog kind of went after him, saying that the Twitter account was theirs, even though it was his. Is it started as his personal Twitter account, and then he changed his Twitter tag name. Uh, to emphasize that he worked with Phone Dog and he would, you know, tweet out articles from Phone Dog and videos that Phone Dog uploaded. And then, so Phone Dog tried to say that the Twitter account was theirs. They had a litigation battle over it because it was his. You know, he started his own YouTube channel and for a little while he was still talking about mobile phones. I mean, I think like one of my favorite videos that he personally did on his own channel was where he had, I think it was the Nexus, um, the Nexus S believe it was that one i wasn't i know it wasn't the nexus one it had to be the nexus s i know it wasn't the galaxy nexus but he installed a custom rom on it and he was talking about the custom rom i think it was pac-man rom is what he installed on it and then he was talking about it and he was still trying to figure out how to flash the modem so he can have you know cellular connectivity um yeah my students gave me a big hug today awesome my coworker told me I was planning to get a substitute teacher today. They canceled that sub for today. Well, uh, hey, well, no hard feelings to the sub. Did, you know, if, if they hire a sub and then the you know the the teacher returns uh, on short notice, that they have to cancel that sub. Does that sub still get a payout for the day, even though it was canceled last minute and they didn't need them anymore? I, I don't know. I always wanted to become a teacher. I'm uh, really strongly considering that, but today some teachers get no respect. So I don't know if I have the patience to deal with like, you know, some high school kid thinking that they can put their hands on me. <laughs> oh, okay, cool, cool. They got that seven other job for today. So, and why did it launch assistant? All I said was, was, oh, oh, okay. And it launched the Google assistant. <laughs> I didn't even actually say the G word. It's launched it on the pixel book. That's a no, no. But anyways, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, he did that video um, talking about flashing Pac-Man ROM. I think I was, it, I'm pretty sure it's his Nexus S. Uh, and, um, yeah, you know, he did a little bit. He got he got some phones from from companies like Samsung sent him out a phone to review and stuff like that. So he was he was still, you know, he's well known in the mobile tech community that even on his own, away from publications like Phone Dog and, and Techno Buffalo, he was able to still get his hands on some devices to test out and make video reviews on. Um, but I think I think just from the bad blood between him and Phone Dog really just made him just completely give up on you know his passion for for uh, reviewing mobile phones and he just dipped out. So now he's not even in the community anymore. Um, we're just saying because a lot of the top guys are really leaving out of the mobile tech community. If you think about it, I usually call my boss when someone puts hands on. Ah, oh, gotcha, gotcha. 
don't know. I can't say that, that it's the same scenario always, right? Because you know what? Like when people post stuff to like TV news and things like that, that's like, you know, maybe like 0.8% of all classrooms in the United States. They're not really like that. But you know what I mean? Uh, litigation costs money. Hell yeah, Maverick. It does. It really does. Um, but if you think about it, like some of the top guys, I don't know if you remember these guys from back in the day. Some of the top guys are are like, you know, subtly fading away. I mean, like guys like Flossie Carter and MKBHD, IJSD, uh, they're sticking around, right? And then you got the guys from the publications like, um, uh, you got like Mr. Mobile himself. Um, you got uh, Android Authority. You have uh, Pocket Now. Like those guys are pretty much okay, right? You know, um, like Max Lee had a meltdown a couple of months ago. Uh, Max Lee not really, really making videos anymore and just kind of like fading away. And I used, and, and I still I still believe and say this, that Max Lee is a pillar in this tech space on YouTube. Like uh, he may not feel that he's getting the appreciation or the recognition he deserves, but I do appreciate and recognize him for all the stuff that he's done. He was another one that inspired me to make videos about custom ROMs. Uh, so shout out to him. Uh, Chris Chavez, you know, like out of the picture, pretty much gone away from that. Um, there was a, a YouTuber whose channel was, well, he identified himself as Black Blizz Nerd, and he was heavy into mixed martial arts and wrestling, but also did videos about mobile phones, but he did it in a very different fashion. He was more of just like pandering to a lot of people with, you know, some, some skits and stuff like that to film as B-roll and use that in his videos, but he would talk, you know, and he, and he, and, and he would hit certain points that some people back then were afraid to hit, like, you know, the uh, Android versus uh, iOS wars. And he made this one video that stuck to me. It was really funny, but it was like stuff that like, you know, Android users say to iOS users and what iOS users say to Android users. And then what, um, you know, flagship Android users say to the budget, you know, um, Android users and, <laughs> He totally made fun of Windows Mobile. <laughs> it was a funny, uh, funny video. Um, I'll probably link it in the comments later. I gotta find his channel if it's still up. And if I find that video, I will link it. And I'll also share it on Twitter. So follow me on Twitter. I'll share it on Twitter. You guys can see it for yourselves. Uh, but really, really good stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, Chris Perillo, another one that's fading away from the mobile tech space. Um, you know, he used to be like, like some people were irritated with Chris Perillo because they always thought that he was like an iShoot with iOS fanboy or whatever. And then everyone got proven wrong when Chris Perillo had enough of the shortcomings of iOS in his eyes. Let me stress that again. The shortcomings of iOS in his eyes. Uh, he switched from iPhone to, to Android and, you know, he's very meticulous about the Android phones that he uses. Like he used the Pixel 3 XL, he was okay with that. He ended up getting the Pixel 4 XL and he really liked it and he used it up until it went dead on him a couple of months ago. And so then he went and got the OnePlus 9 Pro. He was unsatisfied with that phone. So he had a, a, a Galaxy S21 Plus 5G, but he didn't like the way One UI is. And so he ended up ordering the OnePlus 9, and he's good with the OnePlus 9. I believe the last video I ever heard him talk about a mobile phone or on his live stream was that he was sticking with the OnePlus 9. So he didn't like the 9 Pro, but he liked the 9. And nowadays, he's mainly talking about Star Wars because, you know, he's a big Star Wars fan. 
and so i can still continue to watch his live streams because i like star wars as well uh but he's doing a lot of 3d printing now so he 3d prints action figures for star wars and he 3d prints all kinds of stuff so he's doing like a lot of that you know on twitch and simulcasting to youtube um but rarely does he talk about mobile phones anymore um he's not on that on that realm anymore i, I don't know if he's still working for intel i believe he is uh i believe he's still working for intel but he doesn't even talk much about that remember uh when we have um windows os palm os blackberry os android os so many os's that it was thriving now all we have is what two things ios and android yeah it was and you really felt like there was a lot of competition back then because palm os would be trying to do something that would you know make it stand out so you had um you had uh, windows uh, mobile os you had blackberry os was solid as hell and very secure like if people talk about ios being secure blackberry os you know the os for for blackberry that was freaking secure bb messenger was just like hella fucking secure excuse my cursing I remember Chris Rowe started hating iOS when it got redesigned back in 2013. Yeah, because he was seeing so much of what he, you know, the terminology, if you guys want to know where I got the terminology, jitter and jank. Yeah, I got it from him. <laughs> okay. And now, now you guys know. Um, but yeah, he saw he saw a lot of that in iOS 7. And the thing was that Chris Perlow was was you know such a staple in the tech community that he even gave feedback to Apple about it. But Apple being so high prided and never wanting to admit they were wrong and things is kind of what pissed Chris Perlow off and just had them step away from um, from uh, iPhones. So uh, we all know that. So do you guys remember when, when, when Apple was telling people with the iPhone, I think it was with the iPhone 5 or the iPhone 4? One of the one of the, the iPhones, between the iPhone 4 and the iPhone 6, I forgot which one it was, but like people were complaining of uh, connectivity issues and then Apple was literally trying to tell that their customers were holding their phone wrong while making a phone call and that's the reason why. <laughs> that's the reason why that the connection was so bad. Not really wanting to admit there was a problem with the antennas. I mean that, you know. But then, uh, who else? Um forgot his name but his channel he's known as barnacles aka nerdgasm um who has done several videos with chris perillo and you know he's a super geek and he does 3d printing and everything like that but he used to talk about mobile phones too i think the last video that he ever really did that was a serious mobile phone review was on the one plus five or one plus three one of the two which which one started having the um the uh, sandstone feeling like the sand the sandstone backing wasn't it the the, the one plus three anyways um yeah so that was the iphone 4 okay gotcha i remember i got a free bumper case Jaime rivera loves ios and apple yeah you can you can tell it fixed it, it fixed a bit of the problem yeah I mean, like today, there's some noteworthy reviewers today. Um, I just can't remember a lot of their channel names. I know one of them, his name is Mark. I want to say it's Mark's Tech or something like that, but, you know, he's really cool. I I like his direct approach, you know, kind of similar to this, just sit in the chair and talk. Um, And, like, if he's talking about a phone, he has a phone in hand to show up and do this type of stuff to show you guys things. Uh, I like his channel. His channel is pretty cool. Uh, Telosiv, who is an, who's an <laughs> controversial, people call him an IG. <laughs> um, but I guess I would say, if anything, Telosiv is kind of like me. 
Uh, he loves Apple products and the Apple ecosystem, iPhones, iPads, you know, uh, iMacs and MacBooks and the, the whole shebang. He probably loves AirTags. But he's a guy that likes Apple products, but will call out Apple for their shortcomings. You know what I mean? So he's not such a follower of Apple that he's going to help them hide a lot of the issues. He will talk about it. the same way as, as, as I really like Google Pixels. I got a Pixel book. I got a plethora of pixels. Hell, when they have the Pixel Watch, I intend to get one. I got Pixel Buds. And if they were to bring out like, you know, um, like a Pixel Watch, I definitely want that as a smartwatch replacement to my Pebble. Um, but I will call out Google and their pixels for a lot of the BS. So, I mean, yeah. When people would be like, you know, you're kind of biased. And I will admit I am biased because I do like Google pixels. But if like the pricing is too high for what I think you're getting out of it, I'll tell you that, yeah, they shouldn't have charged this much. I said so with the Pixel 5, $699 for the Pixel 5. This should have been $649 at top out. That's my opinion. 50 bucks less. Would have really loved it if it was, you know, $599. But I mean, again, you know, but like, yeah, those guys are pretty good. Um, who's another one I like to watch? Oh yeah, this guy, you guys probably never heard of him, but he's like a diamond in the rough. Like, you know, it's hard to find here on YouTube. Seriously, insanely good videos, okay? I definitely recommend you guys subscribe. But there's this really cool guy up in Cleveland. I think his name is Sneed Mobile Tech. But I like watching his YouTube videos. <laughs> Not laughing that it's, that it's like a joke or anything like that to that extent, but I actually really do enjoy watching uh, Sneed's videos. And if Sneed doesn't know this, I actually watch his videos from beginning to end. Uh, so I don't skip out on it. Uh, Technoid is another one that you know I really like to watch. Uh, I love watching Technoid videos. Um, I watch Carlos's videos and speed testing and such. Um, yeah and there's a lot of new generation guys that i watch you know because they're here making videos but a lot of the a lot of the older guys are are fading away and it's kind of sad to see them go and honestly i feel like i'm in that boat too like i've been around since 2011 and i feel like just by the way like you know my channel's getting views and stuff like that it's not a lot of views anymore and so i feel like that it's like youtube and their way of saying like dude you got to go away but i refuse to go away because i love doing this you know um like I've told people, the money is not the most important thing, but I would love for this to be like what I do for the rest of my life and be able to make a living on it. Hell yeah. Like my whole perspective on this has changed. And if I could grow it to 20,000 subscribers, if I can grow it to 50,000 subscribers, I'm going to keep pushing on now. And it is what it is, you know? So I love this. I, I, I love doing this. My boss moved me into a new classroom one time because the kid broke my, whoa, that's crazy. Tell my boss about Spectrum Mobile. Spectrum Mobile. Uh, mobile. So that's getting tongue-tied. Yeah. <laughs> Spectrum is working out great for you, man. And that's awesome. It, it does. You know what I mean? I always tell people the best service provider is the one that keeps you connected always. So could be anything. But anyways, ladies and gents, I am going to hop off. We hit the one-hour mark. I don't want to keep you guys um, all day. So... Thank you, everybody who came inside. Maverick, Jose, Bobby, uh, Angelica. Who else came? Blaze, Gene. Um, thank you all for coming in on the live. Those that watched the replay. Um, hmm. Hashtag Ruby Tuesday. 
<laughs> Shout out to my brother Ruben. Well, we call him Ruby Tuesday sometimes. So hashtag Ruby Tuesday. So I know you made it all the way to this point. And um, what I'm gonna say? Let's troll Carlos today. If Carlos posts a video today, right? If Carlos posts a video today, comment on this video. Apple's trash. Hashtag Apple's trash. Let's troll Carlos today. I asked you guys to troll Sneed last time. I don't know if you guys did. I told you guys to go to Sneed's channel and say that mobile phones are sexy. I don't know if y'all did that because I know that gets under his skin. But I'm going to have fun with my YouTuber friends. So today we're going to troll Carlos. <laughs> hit up his hit up his YouTube video, whatever recent YouTube video he uploaded, and then comment in all caps, Apple's trash. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, if he goes live on Twitter, <laughs> just comment on his live app, Apple's trash and let's get a reaction out of him. Okay, I am gonna start trolling people at Technoid, you're freaking next. <laughs> I will think of what to troll, troll Technoid tomorrow. We're gonna have fun. Uh, come hell or high water, everyone's gonna be happy on here. Enough with the bullshit drama. Everyone's gonna be happy and I'm gonna start some freaking ruckus. So, guys, remember, Carlos is the target today. Hashtag Apple's trash on Carlos's video. And you guys can tell him that I told y'all to do it. <laughs> It's gonna be it's gonna be cool as fuck. Hopefully you guys do this, man. This would be so awesome. But I thank you guys for being here. I appreciate you guys. Love y'all very much. Be cool, be safe out there. See you guys tomorrow with with the weekend hump day. <laughs> Until next time, peace. <laughs>